This is the Capness HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Capness. Hello, and welcome to the Capness HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Capness. Our guest today is Yannick Rault. Yannick, are you ready to be great today? <laughs> Every day. Yannick is CEO of SheetGo, a cloud-based platform that allows people to build entire automated workplaces, even ERPs, right from the spreadsheet. In 2018, winner of the most innovative IT startup in Spain and Portugal, as well as the most scalable startup in SaaS of Europe at the South Summit and part of Black Box in the Valley. In parallel, he's on the board of the two fastest-growing co-working organizations focused on the impact to society with spaces in Spain and Brazil, helping hundreds of innovators. He was previously CEO of Abermarn, best company for the world in 2015, according to B Corp, which built low-income, environmentally friendly residential buildings and neighborhoods in Brazil. Optimized for this mathematical models for thermal construction, living comfort, CO2 transfer on light. Before he spent a decade as a leader in the corporate world, focused on online enterprise, online enterprise software at Arthur Anderson and FedEx. He is also a published author and has been a regular featured speaker at major conferences like TEDx, universities like Columbia University, and leading companies like Google, as well as being featured on dozens of publications such as The Economist. He holds a Bachelor of Science in Business Admin on International Finance and Marketing with minors in Industrial Engineering and Computer Information Systems. In his spare time, he practices sports, designs, and rights. Uh, Yannick, do you, ever, do you ever sleep? Like, wow, like, you have a lot going on there. I do, actually, I do make it a point to sleep uh, lately. So, um, I didn't do much sleeping for a few years because it was kind of cool back then not to sleep very much. Yeah. And then I realized it was starting to really affect me. So, it took me a, a few years ago, a lot of effort after a few stressful years, to get back to a sleeping kind of rhythm. And now I do actually sleep. Although last night we, with the release today, uh, I think I went to sleep at two 30 and I was up already at seven this morning, but that's more the exception than the rule. Yannick, you have a lot of experience in startups. Can you tell me why you enjoyed the startup experience so much? Enjoying. So this last startup was out of a more, I guess, survival uh, in and after you you crash uh, so hard as I did, I had to land back on my feet. So it was more survival. But lately, now that things uh, are taking kind of a an accelerated pace, uh, I'm realizing that I, I do enjoy it, actually. So it's kind of funny you to ask if I enjoy it. I'm beginning to realize I do enjoy this. Uh, although some years have been so, so hard, I do did question, especially with some of my friends that have been very good in the investment banking or private banking or the corporate world and have stable families and nice cars and nothing really to worry about in terms of having a house and all that. I have questioned that many, many years. But now I think I'm in a situation where I can say that it's kind of the place I want, I like to be in. Yeah, and I guess if you both know, you know, most startups, they do fail. From your point of view, why do most startups not make it? Uh, alignment of personal motivation and life along with business. I think that's really, really important. Uh, I think in my first business that I created, 
I didn't really align with my business partner so much or with the customers. I didn't really like, like them so much. I just wanted to have a startup. I think in the second one, I, I fixed that by doing it with my best friend, but I ended up doing it in a place that I really didn't enjoy that much. I think now I've, I've gone to a good sense of all those. So I think aligning your personal life goals and your business is extremely important, especially because it's not the now, it's what's going to happen four years from now. And you, you better be aligned with that and your teams better be aligned with that. Yannick, let's suppose there's somebody out there right now and they have an idea and they want to build a great company. What would you tell this person? <laughs> Be careful what you wish for, I would say. I think that recently I, I give sometimes kind of a workshop, the BHAC workshop, the Harry Edition School. And I start by talking about who wants to kill it, you know, who wants to just create the next super company. And normally everybody has their hands up and they're normally like CEOs of top startups here in, you know, either in Europe or, or wherever. And by the end of the, this workshop, uh, after two hours, uh, only one third of them put their hands up that they really want to kill it. And it's not because I'm a demotivational speaker, I hope, but I think it's more, I, I give them the realities. It's what does, what does killing it really means? Are you ready to make or break? And not many of us are, are ready for that. So, uh, you have to really determine what it is that you really want. Killing it means it's a billion dollar company and you do whatever it takes. You'll run over people, you'll run over your best friend or whatever it is that you need to do or put aside your family. Or do you want to do a decent business where you're going to get some returns and you're going to get in, or you just want to experience because you're going to be able to go back into investment banking or you're going to go back to your family business. I think really going back to yourself and saying, hey, be careful what you wish for. Are you, what is it is you want and imagine yourself there and where are you? I think that would be my best advice. Uh, if I'm not one to give advice, actually, after you failed, you realize you don't know anything, and I don't know anything. So I would say just see uh, what it is that you really want. I know for myself, but, I'm building my own startup. I've had to learn patience. I mean, nothing never goes as fast as you want it or like patience. Yeah, patience, patience, or perseverance. You know, because I think the natural being, probably yourself. You're not that patient at the end of the day. That's why you're pushing and pushing and pushing. But you're probably persevere. And you're probably always making sure you're just going to get there even if something fails. So, you know, something around that. But get, then again, I don't know anything. Yannick, what's your definition of product market fit? I hope my investors don't uh, listen to this. Because I think there tends to be... There's a, te- there's a tendency in the United States to over-consider what market really is. There's an overcompensation here in Europe sometimes on what fit really means. Um, so, you know, and, and the way we've proven it is in, in our company, in the worst quarter uh, we ever had, we proved product market fit in the way they had told us to do it. And only then you realize that uh, you have to be very careful because product market fit could mean that you fit the product statistically correct for a market that's 10 million users or 100 million users or a billion users, 100 billion users, whatever it is. But I think product market fit really has to make sure that aligns both how big your market you want it to be and are you addressing that? Because sometimes you could be having a great product market fit for a very small market 
or having a horrible product market fit for a huge market. So I tend to see it as kind of not just a fit, but the market size is one. Yannick, today is a big day for your company on SheetGo. You were released on Product Hunt today. First, for our listeners might not know, what exactly is Product Hunt? Hell if I know. My, um, yeah, I was told that that's the place to be and that we should uh, be in that. That's what my team said. But basically, actually, we went back in uh, one of the fairs that we were at, invited to a speak at, and we actually asked, I actually asked in person, I went to a fair and I, we had a stand for three days and I asked everybody, hey, do you use Product Hunt? What do you use to really know about uh, your software? And I was surprised that a lot of people use Product Hunt. Uh, in the technology world to really get insights on what products to use to make their life easier in technology. Product Hunt is a, a reference point uh, for people that want to know about technology. And that's what I've seen. I mean, all of us, many of us rely in LinkedIn, we rely on friends and, and colleagues. And at the end of the day, many people end up relying on Product Hunt, a common place where you can see the latest technology. Can you tell us about your company, SheetGo? How did it come about, the idea phase, and what is it going to do for your customers? So the first version came out, not the first version, but the first idea came in 2009. I couldn't figure out a way to uh, get myself and my other business to automate the processes, uh, have it all online, synchronized, having a dashboard, a CEO of all the departments. And I couldn't see anything that was implementable easily with dashboard, uh, eventually iPad friendly within it in 2010 on my, on my phone. And that basically anyone from a construction worker all the way to my sales team or my finance team could actually work on it without, of course, implementing a big ERP system. But even then they didn't have cool dashboards and stuff like that. So back in 2009, I realized, crap, I think I may have to do this myself. And I did, and I did it with spreadsheets uh, online. And by early 2010, some folks at Google had uh, heard about this, invited me to Mountain View, and I presented this. And what they said is, uh, we didn't know this could be done with our product. We've never seen this. We don't do this internally. Uh, maybe you should do something about it. And back then, I had a kind of a, a different business. I didn't have, I wasn't the Elon Musk. The, the idea of, of having many businesses wasn't something that I thought I could do well. Uh, I also realized that in order to scale that, I had to create something that was scalable and a implementation of such systems would require a lot of consulting time. So I, we didn't realize uh, or I didn't realize what to do with that until we started this company uh, in 2016. And now with the release today, I think we're now kind of coming full circle to make people realize that they can automate their processes, their work, using technology they already know without having to implement what was back then ERPs or management systems and what is now, you know, dozens of SaaS that you have to implement in your company to be able to automate your processes. So the idea is to use technology you already know, such as spreadsheets, to automate workflows and not having to implement anything more fancy than that. And you don't have to be a, a geeky person to do so. So how do you plan on, on like, say, educating your future users on how to actually use a product? Good question. I just came from a meeting about that. So we want to be, a, we're building a, more and more content around this. We have monthly hackathons with users and partners. 
And those have been proven to be really, really fun and really good. Everybody in the company, including myself, get involved in those daily hackathons once a month. We are going to be continuing uh, the release cycle uh, for the rest of the year. That's going to show how we're going to let let that work by itself. Uh, we have some ideas around this, which will come in the new releases. And basically, we're going to be making our technology easier and easier to use. Uh, right now, we have people that create automated workflows that don't even know how to do a formula and a spreadsheet. So we will continue making that easier and easier and releasing some templates we just released today. 16 automated workflows that any startup or any medium business or even some of our large customers need to do anywhere from HR to administrative sales, marketing, or operation. So of course, I'm sure you want everyone to buy your product, but do you have like an initial target market to start off? For the most part, it's companies uh, that are mid-sized companies, small, medium businesses that have been using collaborative tools uh, like G Suite for a couple of years. We're also seeing larger companies that are with the ball on cloud and are able to use you know, G Suite or Office 365 and really know how to collaborate for a couple of years to realize that the power of being on the cloud is not just collaboration. That is the ability to automate work. So we're looking for that kind of customer, those people that know how the cloud works. In our pre-talk, you talk about you have a you have a remote team and people in different countries. How do you go about managing remote teams? And how do you go about building a great team? Culture is, I think, the compass that sets it all together, uh, and that's easy to say. And it's culture is not easy to kind of hold but we did a very big effort and that was thanks to one of our investors of creating culture and then when the ceo of sap came he realized and he really liked this word that we use a lot is empathy even our business cards talk about our wall of love uh, and our focus on customer first and and even we don't even call it customers we call them users because for us we don't differentiate as much uh, because we really think that just helping people make their work better it's just going to help them and help us in the future uh, but really ensuring that that came first and that it was written um, so we have an entire culture kind of book uh, that we created that we improve on every quarter and most people in the company have access to edit it we ensure that when the person that is that, that is working on that has goes to the office in in another country, in our case, in Brazil, to make sure that they believe in those things that are in the book as well. So I think just the culture, you can set the culture as you want it to be, but the culture is what people live with every day, what people talk about without your super, supervision. So I think those are the things that define culture. So when I hear about, uh, yesterday I was hearing one of our team members in marketing he is now in Brazil with our, one of our data scientists over there that had never been there. And they were telling me how they really felt as a family there and that they had gone out to do sports as part of a sports challenge that we managed the company. And they had gone out to get some beers afterwards and they really felt bonded. Those are not things that are organized by the company. That's not something that I organized or thought about. And it's something that's happening. So I think culture is the thing that puts it all together for us. Caring about the people, is they realize that um, that's, I think, how you manage remote. Everything else is just technology. What, what is your long-term goal for your company? 
What's your long-term vision? To allow people to, to create more value. And in order for people to do that, they really need to automate a lot of their work on a day-to-day, which many times becomes monotonous. We're seeing people save anywhere from two to eight hours a week on their work. And I, I want to be able to continue that. And we have a number of you know, algorithms, it's cool to say, and things that we, we can implement into the product that can uh, scale that even more. Uh, that takes a lot of resources and work, and we need to validate a lot of things. But at the end of the day, that's what we want to do. We want to be able to allow people to just get you know, more strategic and more valuable work done thanks to us. Moving on, next, can you talk about time you, you were successful in the past, what you learned from the success, and what we can learn from the success? <laughs> Define success, man. Um, Definitely, yeah, exactly, huh? <laughs> the easiest one to talk about is the previous company I had. You mentioned before we were voted the uh, best company for the world. Uh, a way that a company called B Corp says, you know, you are benefiting humanity, and there's companies like Patagonia and and uh, and Ben and Jerry's and uh, other companies like this that are known for this. Uh, and I think. That company, uh, Avermar, was really an amazing company that wanted to change the way we built cities and build, build neighborhoods and looking at the triple bottom line of uh, monetary return, social happiness. And I think that was successful because we were able to prove that that could work. I guess it was not successful because we ended up getting caught up a lot in, in government things that were happening that were out of control. Although, you know, at the end of the day, we ended up losing because of that, but, you know, that. But I think it was, we were successful in, in growing that concept and that it could be done. But then again, uh, we did really well and then not. So, again, define, define success. Follow question. Talk about a time you failed in the past, what you learned from this failure and what we can learn from this. You know, somebody at some point said to me that I was not just an entrepreneur, but an extreme entrepreneur. Uh, and I, my response to that was like, well, I think I'm more, I'm more close in extreme entrepreneur to extremely stupid than entrepreneur. Because I think that as entrepreneurs or people that want to get something done, you again, be careful what you wish for and also make sure that your, if your challenges are really high and you go against, against the, the current on everything, uh, it's going to be hard. So whenever I see anyone, any, and any depiction of uh, of someone going against the current and everything, I always think that's really dangerous because you have to kind of try to follow. I, I believe that it's better to follow a path that's kind of going and then swerving from that. Uh, I don't think you know even Elon Musk didn't start with 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 rockets. He started with a with car, which eventually became other cars and then space rockets and all the things he had to, he had to do. Um, and it's an easy one to give an example, but I think it's the same thing with, you know, Steve Jobs with an iPod, although we all know the story before that, but then it all continued. So I think it's, it's good to go a little bit with the flow and with the flow, take some, some speed and then maybe start going against the current and not completely against it. That's really dangerous. Yannick, I understand you have something for our listeners. Uh, so, uh, we have a release coming or uh, is it, it's coming today. We are working on uh, workflows. We want people to be able to automate their workflow and we want teams to be able to do that. So what we're going to be providing uh, for your listeners is 
people that uh, this month work with us to make sure that they can automate their work and save themselves time and buy with us a team license. We're going to give them a really cool swag bag. We want to be able to give swag bag uh, to those people that are hiring uh, teams and uh, the the um, the commercial team is also also going to be providing discounts for team sales this this month. So, thank you. yes, thank you. thank you for that. Next, can you give us your social media links for both yourself and your company so people can reach out to you? Yes, sure. Uh, Sheetgo.com is our website. From there, you can pretty much go anywhere. Uh, otherwise, in LinkedIn, it's Sheetgo as well, and Twitter. That's the things that we use most. And where I would love people to go is to go to Product Hunt and upvote us. That would be really awesome. I would love for you to try our product. Uh, give us feedback. We have an extremely responsive team. We have very happy users. And if something's not working or want to give feedback, please do so. Uh, we're a hardworking team for almost 20 people now and uh, are really looking to become better. So go to Product Hunt and look for SheetGo. And for listeners, we have the links to the social media links and everything else in our show notes and our show notes are at www.cavernishrblog.com. Yannick, we'll come to the end of our, our talk. Can you give our listeners any advice on any subject you want to talk about? Given that I'm not one to give advice, uh, given some of the hardships that I uh, gathered over the last few years, I'll do the obvious one, but again, dream very hard. Just be careful what you wish for, but uh, dream hard and, and do things. Find balance of dreaming and doing, I think, is the right way to go. Unique, thank you for your time today. I mean, I know today is especially a very busy day for you with your product release. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. I think what you're doing is is awesome. And hopefully people can learn and get inspired. HR listeners, thank you for your time as well. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Kavnis HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit KavnisHR.com or connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook at Kavnis HR. Thanks again, and be great every day.